Coming up, a conversation with Callan Reese Rodeball, candidate for Colorado Springs mayor. This is 6035 Media. Casting an informed vote is your right and your duty as a citizen. I'm Brian Grossman, Executive Editor at 6035. And I'm Shelley Roars, Spokesperson for the League of Women Voters at the Pikes Peak Region. We're teaming up to bring you conversations with the candidates in the April 2023 Colorado Springs City election. So this interview is both an episode of the new 6035 Vote podcast. And the League's Making Democracy Work podcast. So let's get to it. So Callan, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself and... um just a little bit about you so for those that you, for those that don't know you. Well, I am Callan Reese. I, Callan Reese Rodeball. I came up here uh, probably about six, almost seven years ago to start my stand-up comedy career. Uh, I love this city. Uh, since I moved here, I haven't wanted to live anywhere else. Uh, city's been real good to me. And I seen that the mayor election was up, and I decided to throw my hat in the ring and see what I can do. Uh, learn learn a lot and uh, hopefully make a positive impact on my community that I live in that's been so good to me. Good. So. Thank you. Uh, Callum, we'll get into some specific questions. Uh, first question has to do with water and annexation and development. Uh, City Council recently passed a 128% water rule, meaning that communities, in order to be annexed, they'd have to prove that that much water is available before it could happen. Uh, what's your stance on the 128% water rule and annexation in general? Uh, well, I've been hearing it referred to as the 130% water rule, mm-hmm. in which I have looked at it. It's the same uh, thing. They they tweaked the numbers before they actually passed it. But yeah, okay. same idea. Uh, well, it makes sense to have that buffer mm-hmm. um, for uh for the amount of money we spend on rent and everything here, um, I know that if I turned on the water and it wasn't there because we were shipping it to outside the city, I'd be kind of upset. So I am for the 30% buffer. Uh, I think it's a good idea to keep, you know, the, the, the city in mind, like the residents. As a mayor, you're looking out for the residents of Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do I do think that that is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, before we take uh, water out of here and try to annex land, let's take care of the folks that live here uh, first. So I think that is a good idea. And what about annexation specifically? Any opinion on how the city annexes now and, and how you would maybe approach that as mayor? I would look into it. I would I would talk to land developers. I would talk to city council, everybody I knew who was super informative on that subject. Um, but I as mayor of Colorado Springs, I, w- I would like to listen to the community and see how they feel mm-hmm. about everything before I just start making judgments and rush into things and everything. Because uh, once again, I want to take care of the city of Colorado Springs first before we start annexing land mm-hmm. and uh, trying to make it bigger and uh, just try to take resources that are for the city and placing them outside of that. So I just want to take care of the citizens first. Okay, thanks. Shelly? Um, so I've got my question is also about water it's kind of an important topic for us and the second one part of it i I think i you've already kind of answered with your previous answer right there but number one is um we waste a lot of water landscaping is approximately 78 percent of our water usage here in the springs um from that's a report from colorado springs utilities and that that's all the way from the resort who's got a broken you know 
sprinkler system that isn't fixed for a day to our golf courses, um, and they're pretty green grass. No, you know, no dis, you know, no dissing on those golfers. Um, and then all the way to the my neighbor who plants Kentucky bluegrass, right? So. Mm-hmm. How can we do better there? Number one question, and or how would you do better there as our next mayor? Um, and then also is, should the city consider extending water and other utilities to subdivisions that are located outside the city that might never be annexed as part of being a regional water provider, which they are touting to be? Um, well, like I said, if it's they may not be developed yet. Uh, so I, w- I would not worry about sending water there quite yet. I would cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but 78% just on grass and golf courses, that, that is quite a bit. Uh, that's, that is a shocking number. Um, I would have to find out with the utilities, how can we manage this? Are, are there rules in place to certain times where you can just water your lawn? Because um, we are in a state that is – it's tough on water to have it. It's a drought. It's it's dry up here. So water is precious, and we would have to take care of that. So, I mean, maybe working with those resorts and being like, hey, if you don't get that water leak fixed within a certain amount of time, you could be fined, uh, which I'm sure probably already happens. But if they make enough money, uh, they're not going to worry about it. So you'd have to make other codes and ordinances have been like, this is a real problem. Water is precious. Uh, there's there's countries all over the world that have to walk to get their water and everything. So we shouldn't just be wasting it. So that is definitely something that I would try to work with whoever I could uh, to get a greater grasp of how I could help with that. And if I understand correctly, you would be against then the annexing or allowing basically giving water to those places that are not annexed into the city, correct? Uh, I mean, if they're not even established yet and there's no one even there yet. This, uh, this would be where, would be, where, where, yeah, it would just be outs- communities outside of the city of Colorado Springs. Right. So Think southeast corner kind of, of the city that's, you know, not necessarily just in the county that needs, mm-hmm. you know. That water. needs water, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, well, we would have to we would have to take care of them somehow because we are the closest source of water to them. So I wouldn't say against it, but I would try to say let's figure out a better solution of how we can get this water out there. Um, because with Colorado Springs, uh, we do got to take care of the residents. As mayor, you got to take care of your city first. Um, but those people are people as well, and they need water as well. So I'm not I'm not against not sending anyone water or mm-hmm. anything, but we'll just find a good plan to get them water at a reasonable price. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Callan, where do you stand on accessory dwelling mm-hmm. units being allowed in single-family residential areas? So these are ancillary units, you know, for Airbnbs, uh, extended family, that kind of thing. Well, uh, the population's growing every day here, uh, so there there will have to be additional units uh, approved. Uh, more and more people move here every day. Um, I am for additional units uh, to rent out and Airbnb, but it's also at what other like you'd have to hear from the neighbors, mm-hmm. other people. I can't just come in here and make a rule and saying that. I'm for it. That's something you'd have to bring the whole community together and listen on as well. But we do need additional units. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, population is growing. So where are they going to go? So that is 
So it sounds like case by case basis or by neighborhood or. Yeah, I know some people are, are against it. Uh, some people are for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what area they live in. I know people that are in an urban area, the uh, cul-de-sac, and that they don't want that house rented out to multiple families and everything like that. They don't want multiple cars in the parking lot. Right. Uh, so it is case, uh, case by case. But the things, I'm all ears, and I'm trying to listen to everybody in the community to get a grasp on how I could do that. But mm-hmm. I am for additional units, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I'd say. Thank you. Um, so my, my question is also about housing. Right, okay. we definitely have an affordable housing. Whether it's affordable housing, you want to call it that, or afford, um, affordable attainability <laughs> on the housing, um, because there's there's sometimes it's, it, there's a difference, and and we're recognizing that as well. So, how do you plan to address the affordable housing, and then also even if it's attainable for some? That affordable housing is huge. Um, I mean, that is that is something that has to be addressed right away. Uh, Pretty soon, rent's going to go up to so much to where people that's been here for 20 years that are going to be priced out of their homes. And people already have been priced out of their homes. Um, I think we should work with land developers and the city council and zoning, planning, and and make affordable housing prioritize that issue um, before we start making big fancy condos and ritzy places and all that stuff. I think – we have to address affordable crisis because it's only going to get worse if we just turn our heads to it and keep paying the prices. It's just – and next thing you know, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with the homeless population and crisis going on. More and, more and more people get priced out. Uh, that creates another homeless issue. Uh, so that is that is one of the top concerns, and I will, I will try to work with everyone I can to figure out how is the best way to go about affordable housing. Uh, and attainable because, you know, as as rent landlords and everything, they set the price. I mean, it's their house. They can do what they want with it. Um, and people are moving here. They're willing to pay it. Um, so affordable housing will definitely that, – that, that's the biggest concern, uh, one of them that I have as well. I know land, water issue, that is huge. That is – everyone needs water and everything, but everyone needs a place to live as well. Uh, so Thank you. Uh, Callan, public safety. Uh, the Colorado Springs Police Department is short many, many officers from its authorized strength, um, anywhere from 50 to 100. Uh, crime is on the way up and traffic accidents. We had more traffic fatalities last year than ever. What do we do about public safety and specifically the police department? Police department, uh, they deserve their money. Uh, same with the fire department. Uh, they're the ones actually out there saving people, giving CPR, helping people in a time of need when they have no one else to call. Mm-hmm. So I think we should give them the money they, they need to have to keep that going. And with the population getting bigger, crime's only going to get bigger. Uh, it's, it's, that's gonna, you're going to have to keep giving the police their money and everything. And also create incentives uh, to, to make right now – a lot of people don't think it's cool to be a police officer. Um, let's let's try to make more training programs and uh, more awareness and, and uh, um, incentives for people to want to be police officers and people that want to come to live in Colorado. Uh, maybe like give them housing, cash bonuses. Like if you work for the Colorado Springs Police Department for three years, we can provide this house for you. Just more incentives to have like a good reason to be a police officer and number one to help people 
that's what you probably got in the job to do. Um, you know, uh, and create like a clear path of, of achievement goals and a process to go to where that you can move up in ranks. Um, as a police officer, uh, I've never been one, but I've never seen their plan to this is how you move up and this is create incentives, like make a clear goal, like you're on the force this long. You, you do so well here, you get moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, make goals achievable and attainable. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely for giving the police and fire department the money that they need to take care of the city because they are so important. So are you talking about uh, pay for those individuals or are you talking about funding those departments? Probably. Or are you talking about both? <laughs> Almost both. I mean, it's hard for me to to lay out exactly uh, the plan. Uh, you can't just start taking money from everybody to fund this and everything. But there will be have they have to have funding. Uh, we can't be short a hundred police officers uh, in a city that's rapidly growing, that's super popular to be in. Um, we definitely we definitely have to see what we can do. Ask them what exactly do y'all need how much money what training like why are why are people not wanting to be police officers why why are they leaving um you know what is what is going on why is this shortage happening right now thanks shelly um you mentioned this in your other uh one of your other answers with regards to affordable housing so this kind of is along that line but the city has a um we have a homeless issue Right. Um, It's many. There are many, many reasons why, you know, for that, that reason. Right. What is your plan as our next if you're elected? Um, Homeless individuals. um, When I drive down the street, I mean, it it hits me hard, uh, hard in the heart. Um, When I see young kids out there that are 18, 20 uh, homeless. I just want to ask them what is going on. Why? Why is this happening? What is it? Drug addiction? Is it mental health that's going on right now? Like, what? Why are you not able to access these things? How can I help you the most? So I would take a grounds-on approach. I, I personally would go out there and ask them what What's the matter? Is it because you can't afford the services? Do you? Is it as simple as you not having an ID to get into shelters or even? Uh, to get a job, like what is specifically your problem? Um, I think more hands-on approach, getting out there, finding out, okay, is it a drug addiction? Does this person need to go to a program or is it a mental health? Uh, does this person just need to be on the proper medication? And Or they may have gotten kicked out of their home for being transgender in an instance, right? I mean, the, There are many, many reasons. Veterans with PTSD. There, the, there is so many reasons. I mean, all of us are one injury away from losing a job yes, and, and becoming homeless. So I think we have to be more compassionate passionate uh with people like that they don't want to be there Uh, no one wants to be homeless no one wants to be a a drug addict no one wants to just be going through a mental crisis and no one understands why they're out there Uh, i think we really have to create awareness and and listen and listen to people about their problems of why they're out there Um, because sometimes all it takes is just one helping hand and you can just change a person's entire life. Uh, I know I've had a handout reached out to me and it changed my entire life and it changed my entire outlook on things. And if I could help two or three people out there, even one person, 
that would make my day because uh, it, 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 that goes on forever. Like changing that person's life to where they were at that time. They can look back in five years and be like, all it took was someone to reach out and talk to me and help me out, get me an ID or get me in a program and have someone that actually listen to me. Um, so I think we just need to open our ears and hearts uh, to people as well and figure out why they're, why they're out there. Um, but that's... That's in a nutshell. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, Colin, if you are elected mayor, do you foresee any new fees or tax increases? Um, I I don't want to tax more people. I think we should be smarter with the taxes that we have. Uh, Personally, that's that's how I feel about it. I know the TOPS tax is on there. Um, At first, I mean, it was from, what, 1997 until – 2019 or 2021 um i know that it had been a long-standing program but then it got rejected because they asked for more money um they they went to two cents for every ten dollars you spend and it got rejected uh so now they're going back to the original one one cent uh on every ten dollars but that's the thing when you when you tax somebody it just opens the door for them to be like hey let's raise the price it just i want to see where the money's going like is it going to be like this? And they say 20 years, but then it could be voted on again or, or something. Um, I just think it opens the door. And 20 years is a long contract uh, for things. And I, I am for parks. Uh, I am for trails and open spaces. I think they should be maintained. The city's beautiful. The state is beautiful. And it helps keep trash and everything off the land. But I think there should be more oversight on where is the money actually going. Is it going to just buy open spaces everywhere or is it going actually to the parks only 25 percent or uh what where where's the money going so i think for 20 years that's a long contract i think it should be voted on every mayor race uh as well Uh, that's kind of how i feel about it it just once that tax already gets approved it just opens the door for them to be like hey we want more money, and then we'll vote on it. Keep voting, and just keep it. Just keeps raising. So if if it stays at one cent every ten dollars, that is that that's really not that bad. Considering we are taxed on pretty much everything, um, and it, if it is going to the parks and everything, that's a good thing. So I don't want to raise taxes on anyone because we're all hurting right now uh, through inflation, prices of groceries. I know. I don't eat as much anymore uh, just for the sheer fact that everything is so expensive. So everyone – the thought of most people being taxed again is going to turn away. Uh, They're not going to like it. Uh, Callan, you mentioned parks and the the TOPS tax. Are there other mechanisms you would use to help fund the park system uh, aside from the TOPS tax if you were elected? I would try as much to get volunteer work in there. Um, you know, volunteer, see, see exactly how we're spending the money. Um, is, are they going to workers or are we paying overpriced for contractors that are taking care of the parks? How can we slim this down and how can we make this money more efficient, uh, to use these parks? Um, cause it, it is maintained, uh, parks are not, we, we've Dorchester parks right down the street. Um, I don't feel like it's maintained that well. And it's right down there in our city. Um, so I want to see exactly where the money's going um, so I could find out. That's like one of the things, how much m- money is being spent on this area when really we should prioritize it for this. And volunteer work, um, 
if young grads to anybody who's trying to get extra hours, let's double the hours that they get if they go work in parks and do a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, make more incentives for people to do the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there, there's a way we can get it done. I know that because parks are huge here. Everybody likes taking their parks. You have a beautiful mountain range right there where you can just go play on the swings. And as a kid, I would have loved that. So um, I want to figure out a way exactly how to do it. But as someone who's never ran for office or as mayor, there's a lot I'm going to have to learn. Um, I'm, I'm also going to have to learn exactly where is this money going and how much money is being put to it. So um, but I will definitely, I will definitely as mayor do everything I can. I'll probably be working harder than anyone else in there because I'm going to have to. Uh, like I have so much to learn, uh, but I have the willingness to learn. So, and I want to do it. So I think I would find a way. Okay. John? Yes, sir. As a follow-up to that, um, I just had a, a podcast for our Making Democracy Work podcast um, with Jillian Rossi, who mentioned um, Leave No Trace, mm-hmm. uh, which is very much a volunteer effort. And as someone who volunteers for the league about 40 hours a week, you know, it's, um, you know, we're all volunteers. And so to be able to tap that, you know, those of us that are passionate about that, number one, um, I think that's that's a good plan. Um, but the city is also um, in their charter specifically, you know, I think this is correct. If I remember, it was all about the, you know, that open space and um, wow. they they were designed that way. So it's pretty amazing coming from a place that's got, you know, lots and lots of trains and industrial stuff wow. and um it's pretty amazing to see that you do have a lot of volunteers that can that can do that work. So thank you for that. Um, my next questions that I'm going to have are um, basic league questions for us, League of Women Voters. Okay. Uh, we support we do not support candidates or oppose candidates. That is not okay. something we do. We are nonpartisan, but we do support some certain issues that we've done research on for a very long time. We're okay. a little over 100 years old for the League of oh, Women man. Voters. Um, but city council pay, right? They are paid $6,250 in our city council for a, for a lot of work. Yeah. Um, there's also a four thousand, about $4,000 stipend for travel expenses as well. But do you, what are your thoughts? Do you support raising city council pay to a reasonable amount to be inclusive of others who do not have the ability to do this as a full-time job, like say a retiree? Yeah. When I heard that it was about $6,500, I, I was shocked. Um, and everyone, everyone said most people have, uh, to have a full-time job to do this and they do it out of the kindness of their heart. Um, and I believe every time that they voted on raising the city council, it's been shot down. Um, but in a strong mayor community, if your mayor doesn't support it, it's kind of hard to pass something around here. No offense to anybody here, but that's kind of how things roll. Well, $6,500 a year is tough for anyone to be passionate about uh, coming in into a job. Um, I can't, like I, I probably made 9,000 last year as a comedian and that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, good to know. I mean, uh, 6,500, um, I personally think it should be a little more. For the, When they tell me that they're working sometimes 60 hours a week and stuff like that, I'm like, you probably need a little bit more money <laughs> than that. I mean... Um, the mayor makes 80,000, uh, from what I've read. Um, so 
That is that's a quite big difference. I thought it was a little more than that. I think it is. 83000 sure, thought. Actually, I thought it was over $100,000. I did, too. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it over 100000 um for our mayor, yes, sir. Oh, man, mm-hmm. that's why I'm going to be – In our – They'll yeah. be the best job I ever had, you know. So, <laughs> so I definitely would try to get okay. out there and work extra hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, he's it's a seventy-eight four one two here, but that's Zip Recruiter. So I'd have to do some more research. But well, good uh, to know. We're going to learn a lot right now. So thank you for that. Well, I would well, say then. anywhere between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars would be a safe bet. Right okay. Now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. But um, and then I guess so. I, I hear your thoughts there. And then. We are about voter turnout for us, the League of Women Voters, right? Um, what are your thoughts on moving spring municipal elections to the fall, whether it's in a – like coming up in the fall, we've got school board elections, right? So for people like yeah. us, we're doing November 2022, spring 2023, yeah. fall 2023, and it's all volunteer. Um, so thoughts on moving spring municipal municipal elections to the fall to help increase voter turnout, and then it also can save the city approximately $600,000 a year. What are your thoughts? That's that's good. Saving six hundred thousand dollars a year that that's a lot of money that can make a difference in a lot of places. And personally, I found it odd that the elections were in April. Um, when I first seen it, I was I was like, hmm. And I realized that we're one of three cities in Colorado that does that. Yes, sir. Um, and the voter turnout I looked out in the last mayoral election won by with thirty seven percent turnout, and I found that shocking uh, that. There's, you know, 74% of the people didn't even vote in it. I mean, you have most of the community that didn't even have a voice in that election. So I would definitely try it. I would, I would personally like to see it move to November and have all the elections done at once. Not everyone gets the time of day to take off for four different elections. You know, most people have to work. And, you know, if it's done in the middle of the day. I think it'd be better for just one time because you have presidential elections with 80% turnout and then municipal elections that have 37. And I'm like, that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I know I, I've seen I've seen the, the text where everyone on city council likes where it's at and everything. And personally, I, I disagree, uh, but that that's – a democracy uh that's that's a voice i would like to see it in november uh because it, when i tell people i'm running for mayor uh i always get the standard laugh um but then i tell them it's in april and they're like what there's an election going on right now i go yeah i'm in it and uh <laughs> so <laughs> they think you're lying to him with all that long hair oh yeah they do. We haven't talked about that yet either uh, oh they do uh, and then I hand them my mayoral card right. and uh, I tell them, I assure them that this is a real election. Uh, it is happening right now. Um, and those mayor signs haven't been left up since, you know, last year or the year before. Those those are signs that are for now. Um, so me personally, I would like to see the most people turn out for an election uh, to actually get a true sense of the community uh, voice. So that's kind of my take on it. Thank you very much. Brian. All right. Callan, we're just about out of time. Uh, you want to take two minutes here and close us out? Let us know why voters should vote for you. Because uh, I want to. My heart's in the right place, and I want to do this. Um, I'm also trying to show the young, younger generation that voting is real. Uh, I mean, that's um, most of the younger generation don't think it's real. Uh, those little red ballots that they get in the mail, that's, that's just to set – cups on or, or throw in the trash those that's your voice okay and you have to be involved in your community uh to hear your voice heard and local elections 
is the best way to do it. It will have the biggest impact on your community. Um, and as running for mayor, I'm trying to bring bring eyes to this. Uh, you see a guy with a mullet running for mayor, you can't help but look and be like, is this real? <laughs> um, so um, my main goal is it's just to show show people that – you know, uh, the election's happening. I mean, uh, let's let's get out here and vote. This younger generation, I know they want their voices heard. Maybe they haven't ha- seen a candidate that they want to vote for. Um, hopefully they vote for me. I'm just hoping that they all g- come out and see that an election's happening. And if I win, it'll be the happiest moment of my life, and I will work harder uh, than any of the candidates that, because I have to, and I want to be. Uh, $80,000 a year, that would be the most money I've ever made in my life. So I will be there every day working hard, and, and, and I love the city. I want to make a positive impact on the community. Uh, like I said, the city has been so good to me, and I want to make a difference, a positive impact to where people can remember Callan and remember the positive change that I've done for the city. Thank you, Callan. We appreciate your time. Thank you all for having me. Yeah. You all have been watching or listening to a joint podcast effort by 6035 Media and the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. Be sure to make follow Making Democracy Work and check out lwvppr.org for more information regarding our candidate forums in March. And be sure to check in with 6035 Vote to make sure your vote is an informed one. This podcast is produced by Dave Gardner. Video is directed by Nick Raven. I'm Brian Grossman, Executive Editor. And I'm Shelley Roars, Spokesperson for the League of Women Voters. See you next time. Hi, I'm Dave Gardner. And I'm Nick Raven. We're the podcast producers here at 6035 Media. 6035 Vote is just one of a growing family of hyperlocal podcasts that we're creating. And these are for you, someone who wants to engage fully in your community. We've got the 6035, which is a quick, lively recap of the top news stories of the week. It's my favorite. It's really great and often funny. I love having you as a guest, actually. I do, too. And then we have Hot Takes and Stirring Breaks, which is a potpourri of news and commentary about movies, gaming, TV, streaming, and just so much more. It's for youthful heart, and, you know, that could be anyone, really. Yeah, I'm surprised I even really enjoy it because Nick hosts that, and uh, he's, he's witty. Well, and the cool thing is that you can watch both of these podcasts on YouTube. Or you can listen to them on the go in your favorite podcast app. And there's a couple more, uh, but you can also visit 6035media.org slash podcast to see them, browse them, sample them. And then subscribe to the ones that you like. And then subscribe to this YouTube channel. Yeah. And if you really love it all, like we do, uh, you you can just subscribe to the 6035 Podcast Network podcast, which is a conglomeration of all the episodes, all the brilliance and humor that emanates from the studio. Absolutely. And there's a lot of it. So like and subscribe today and go listen to them all or watch them. What he said. Good. Thanks. Got it. That wasn't so painful.